0: Welcome to LOA Today, Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Monday, July the 9th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, your second daily dose of happy for the day. And I am happy that I am inside doing a podcast because the sun is blazing down on the side of the house and I have a nice big curtain blocking it all, so I'm nice and cool in the middle of a blazing hot sun. I like that.
1: <laughs> and I can appreciate the fact that I have blaring cold air conditioning popping out of my van so I get to stay cool as well
0: blaring cold wow
1: oh yeah it's like, big time
0: cold no no, no half <laughs> no halfway stuff here i can tell you that whoa oh no
1: <laughs> you know it's like ice. it's like is the the water uh, as the air comes out it turns into ice cube chunks and lands on the floor
0: that must get awful messy i mean <laughs> <laughs>
1: I roll around in it. What can I tell you?
2: I like the cold.
0: <laughs> Who needs a banana peel when you can slip on an ice cube, I tell you? All there
2: right. Well, you know, hey,
0: if that, if that that cools you down, that's fine with me. That's good. <laughs> Main thing is to have fun with it. So did you have a good weekend?
1: I did. I had a really nice weekend. I had a great call with my my life coach friend, Rhonda. Oh, good. And, um, wow, we talked just shy of four hours. whoa. Yeah. And the weekend before, I think we talked for three and it was interesting because as life coaches, we were both remarkably mark, we were remarking on how valuable the amount of time we spent in one intensive session. And really we weren't calling to do coaching with each other, although that's what we ended up doing. (laughs) We really called just to kind of check in. Hey, what's up? And boom, we both launch into wherever we are in our process because that's kind of what we do. And we're now calling ourselves power partners, because we are. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
1: And we powered through so much stuff. And uh, the delight in my relationship with her is that I don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, I took up so much time with my stuff. Because I know from being on the other side, when you're the one doing the coaching, there's as much insight and awareness going on and it's like everything that's my issue mirrors her and her issues and vice versa so we're it's kind of like it doesn't matter which one is bringing up something to work on we're both getting what we need and um very efficient I think, yeah I think we both came up with a new offering which is she said it's something she'd been thinking about which is kind of doing a half day VIP session where you do like a good number of hours all in one one time slot, and I thought, you know, I think I want to do that because there's for people who are further along in their process, there's a really huge value in just cranking out a bunch of stuff at one time. Mm-hmm. Sure, versus someone who's newer in the process, it's a little bit, it really requires less time because we cover so many new topics and there's so much new information. That over an hour it can be overwhelming, but for somebody who's pretty advanced in law of attraction um where you can hold on to okay, I got that, let's go on to the next thing. It would have a real value so um that that was just fun, you so know, I- and not to mention all of the incredible new insights that I had, and whoa, when I was done, I thought I had a bunch of time to do some other projects, but I got to tell you energetically what we worked on together, just really hit me back and I was like okay I'm not going to go anywhere I'm just going to sit and watch tv <laughs> solitaire."
2: <laughs>
0: so it sounds like it was a very yeah. successful session that's for sure I mean th- uh, does oh, this absolutely. mean that you're also going to be adding a new um package so to speak to your 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 coaching offering
1: I probably will be
0: yeah okay
2: I'm, well, I'm,
1: still, th- I'm still thinking on that but it feels really good
0: very cool so. that's nice yeah
1: so how was your
0: weekend? Uh, well, I, I've told the story a couple times now, but uh, I can do the uh, the highlights of it again. Louise and I went to Middletown, Connecticut, where our friends Anne-Marie and Mike are, and they invited us down for 4th of July fireworks, which were held on a Saturday this year instead of on the 4th uh, on, on Wednesday. And it was a great show. And we had a great time. There was like a big picnic thing going on. They had a bunch of their volunteers there. So probably a dozen, dozen and a half people. Uh, but in the middle of the uh, the fireworks show, the barge caught on fire. The barge that, you know, is on the middle of the river where all the fireworks are going off. The barge caught on fire. And oh it my kind goodness. of It kind of ended the show. You know, so like it was going really nicely, very intricate design, so forth. And poof, all of a sudden there's this big fire down there. So it's like, you know, get your marshmallows on your sticks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, was everybody able to get off safely?
0: Oh, they—they they don't. That's not even an issue. All of these uh, fireworks displays are computerized these days, so oh, so I, the barge I don't think,
2: just handles the fireworks. Yeah, I
0: don't on. think there was anybody even on the barge. There might have been, but I doubt it. You know, because they just line everything up. There, maybe there's somebody there who resets things. I'm not really sure, but um, I mean, there certainly wasn't a whole crew of people on there. Mm-hmm. There were a bunch of fireboats in the area, though. They were pouring water on it really quickly. Ow. Yeah. So it was exciting.
1: You know, well, I was going to say, I, I, I'm going to say something that could cause some listeners to go, "Oh my God, Wendy, I can't believe you even go there."
2: <laughs> okay, but
1: I'm a law of attraction expert, and I see everything through the lens of law of attraction. I know
0: that's kind of like a and, it's like a, a career byproduct, right? You, the more we focus on this stuff, the more we're just really, really aware of it.
1: Well, and it's like I know that how I first started learning how law of attraction really worked in my life because yes, there's the teaching aspect, but then there's the living of life, um, life experience component. Mm. And that's where you really start to make headway in the process of using deliberate creation. So I'm always in a state of curiosity. I'm never in a state of curiosity with judgment. That's not my purpose for what I'm saying but curiosity for the state of learning and understanding. So in the situation that um, occurred that you experienced where the barge got on fire,
2: Mm.
1: that doesn't happen arbitrarily. That's not a coincidence. That's not just a random act of oops. It's like there are energies, there are vibrational scenarios behind the scenes. And so those are the kinds of things that just as a matter of curiosity, I like to play with, um to kind of stretch my own muscles like what kinds of thoughts which of course allude to feelings could the people who were involved in putting this together and the audience um have been focused on that could have caused such a thing
0: well from my viewpoint if you can unravel all the tendrils of that Particular group of people, you're a better man than I am, Gunga Din.
1: Well, and I don't, I would never intend to unravel them all. I just like to use it as an exercise to come up with a couple. Okay. That stretches my own muscles in my own life.
0: So, does it suggest so, anything like, to you?
1: um Well, for example, okay, the idea of fire. So, somebody could have been focused on fire. They could have seen a fire in their home. They could have seen wildfires on television. Um, it could have caused, which that could have caused them to be focusing on fire. It um, possibly, you know, if they saw like, you know, some footage of wildfires in a certain part of our country, because that's what happens during the drought season in July in the States, um, it could cause them to go in fear. Maybe they have an uncle or a firefighter person that they're really close to that got hurt in such an incident. And so it caused them to be in fear. That was that's just one one thread that I just went down.
2: Okay. Um,
1: you want to take it for a ride? I don't know. What, what, <laughs> what kind of fun? I I so really you don't have an good audience, idea. The audience. Yeah. Any idea of what an audience person might have thought of.
0: N- not really. The only thing I can contribute, and I I can't make head or tail out of it, but I throw it out there just in case it, if something occurs to you, is that not so much during it, but after the fact, looking back it felt like an, a deja vu moment. Like I had experienced being at a fireworks display where the barge caught on fire. And the way I uh, associated it was after the, the fire started, there were still some fireworks going off, but they were you know out of sequence. They were just firing because the fire was hitting the, the fuse or whatever. And, you know, so they were just kind of randomly going off. And I had this feeling like I had experienced that before, but I couldn't tell you when, and I can't remember any time where I've seen the barge caught on fire. So I don't really know where that comes from, and I have no idea how to tie it in.
1: Interesting. But the very fact that it felt like a deja vu experience. um, Now, here's something that I've heard Abraham say, and I think I've heard some other spiritual people talk about, that the concept of uh, the experience of deja vu, this is what Abraham says, is that you have already lived it in your vibrational essence. Okay, and so you're experiencing it now, but you kind it's kind of you know when we are desiring something for the that hasn't happened yet and we're so connected to the visualization, let's say or the feeling of it, we feel as though it's it's happening because it feels that real to us. It's possible that okay that you have experienced something that was so real to you, but it hadn't happened yet, and now it did. It could be something you experienced in your dreams.
0: It kind of makes me think I need to have a vortex clear out, you know, like a tag sale, get rid of the unwanted stuff.
1: (laughs) Well, who said it's unwanted? (laughs) Who's who's not to say that this experience is going to be something that is going to create a better, expansive, more safe scenario in the future?
0: Okay. Everything
1: that happens is for our expansion. So I'm, I, guess, I guess that was my way of saying I don't I don't think that even if it was in your dreams it's something that has to be cleared out. How did you feel while the um, the barge was on fire?
0: I don't think I had any feeling at all. You know, slight feeling of disappointment because I knew that the fireworks display was basically going to collapse in the middle of it and just was going to stop. But I mean, I, even that I wasn't disappointed about because I I'd, I'd enjoyed it. i I'd, I'd, I was feeling good. So
1: okay.
0: you know.
1: And you felt felt safe?
0: Oh god, yes. Well we were first of all, okay. we weren't very close anyway. We were up on a okay. hill. But uh I didn't feel any kind of concern for anybody. I, I didn't feel like anybody's safety was in danger. So it was kind of like well, watching it was like watching, I don't know, a newscast or something. <laughs> but without the fear based uh commentary on top of it.
1: Got it.
2: Like, oh, my goodness, the barge is on fire. Look at that.
1: (laughs) Well, we don't have to take this a whole lot further, but I was just using it as kind of an exercise to kind of mention to, you know, listeners or to kind of put a bug in your ear. You know, every situation that happens, um, you can use as an exercise to think about what kinds of thoughts and feelings could generate a certain kind of result. Because when it's not you in it, sometimes it's just easier because you're more objective.
0: Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. I mean, I, I think I tend to be kind of selective about what events and incidents that happen in my life I focus on in that way. Because it's also very easy to create a whole bunch of rabbit holes and have no idea which ones are the real ones and which ones are things you just made up and which ones, you know, I mean, it, it just becomes so convoluted that you, you can drive yourself crazy trying to unravel even a piece of it. So I say, well, okay, unless I feel like there's some real important tie that I need to know, I think I'll just let that one go. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, and I don't do it for figuring anything out.
0: Okay. So it what do you do it for? It's
1: exercise for stretching our imaginative muscles. Oh. Because when we really have something going on in our life and we're trying to figure out what it's about, that sometimes is the harder place to try to unravel the picture because you're so in it. Okay. So I like to use outside things that I'm not connected to at all to kind of play. Um, Like as an example, when I was talking to Rhonda, she said she loves to watch – The franchise program you know the housewives of Mm -hmm. and then name city right and she says she loves to watch it because first of all they're so outlandish and dramatic um and she likes to hone in and tap into the thought process that they're not talking about and the feelings that are actually being broadcast that you know into the universe that you know the, the television producers Are not necessarily pointing out because their job's not to point out how law of attraction is working, but that's something she loves to do, and that's what keeps her really sharp. Is she uses real people, sort of? They're sort of real people (laughs) in an unscripted thing, (laughs) sort of unscripted, and just play with it. And I thought that was really cool. And for me, I I have always used the news. Not that I listen to a lot of it, but when I do, because like before the show, you mentioned. Um, uh, you have to set it up, the boys the, the, that were caught.
0: Oh, the boys in Thailand? Yeah, the, there's, uh, the boys uh, football team or soccer team, as we call it here in the U.S., has been trapped in a cave network for the last uh, more than two weeks now, and some uh, rescuers uh, found them deep underground about uh, 10 days after they were lost, but there was no easy way to extract them. It's, it's a very harrowing trip in to where they were. So they've been planning all this time, trying to figure out how do they get them out, and what's the safest way to do it. All kinds of ideas were being floated. Elon Musk has been coming up with some really interesting innovations, and uh-huh. and they ended up uh, so far they've got eight of the twelve boys out. So there are four boys left, plus their coach, plus some divers who you know provide them supplies and oxygen and things like that. And the oxygen is actually a pretty critical thing because the oxygen level in the cave had been getting low. I mean, we, we normally want 19 to 21% oxygen. Their oxygen was down to 15%, which is kind of like being on the top of Mount Everest. So it's, yeah, it, it was pretty severe and, uh, the good news is that 8 of the 12 are out. So I was looking at the whole thing from the point of view of, yeah, they're getting out. Yeah, they're getting out. And every time there's new news, hey, another boy got out. Yay! You know, so I, that's the way I was enjoying it. I wasn't really trying to analyze how they got in there or how the law of attraction was affecting that. I was just celebrating the fact that an international team, and it's truly an international team. I mean, the, the ties are obviously leading the way. But but there are experts from the U.S., from Great Britain, from Australia, from China, from a number of other countries around the world, all basically collaborating and working with the ties the in every way that they can help to support the effort. It's been really quite the thing. I, I love that kind of cooperation. I think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. So Well, and it, to me, the first thing that comes to mind is many people in our global consciousness have desired for us to work together, country to country, to come together as a team and collaborate um, without fighting.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. And no, this is a great so example of it.
1: Yeah. So this is like, here, here's a one positive result mm-hmm. other than the fact that the kids are being pulled out and they were found. And, you know, I fully expect that the other four will be found or, or not found, but like released and brought out. Um, but it's like nothing happens inside of a vacuum. Mm. You know, nothing happens just because, um, everything occurs because of our thinking and what we're feeling and what we're broadcasting into the universe. And the law of attraction is continually responding. And I know sometimes that's a hard thing for some people to accept. Um, but for those who can hear that, I'm, I'm just kind of throwing it out there as every situation that you see in your environment gives you something to stretch your own muscles to go, hmm, now, what kind of thoughts or feelings could produce that result? yeah, and to me, that's how you become really good at law of attraction
2: yeah, I
0: mean because a lot of what we do with the podcast to to- too oh, sorry, pardon me, I was just going to say it's a lot a lot of it has to do with what we do with the podcast here here in the podcast, we spend a lot of time exploring all kinds of aspects. Of the law of attraction and how it 's applied, and you know where people trip up and how they can get better at at being delivered creators and so forth, and we, we explore just about every angle you can find, so that fits in perfectly with the narrative of the podcast
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I, I think there's one you know one avenue is focusing on something um, from a positive perspective,
2: mm-hmm. but then oh, there's yeah.
1: also the post manifestational aspect, which is now that something 's already occurred. Can you figure out how it occurred? Because especially in our own lives, when we get a result that we're not happy with, it really does um, a great service for us if we try to figure out, gosh, what was I thinking? What was I focusing on that caused this? And not to the point that it drives you insane, but if you can figure out, oh my gosh, I have this insidious little belief that's been running around for a really long time And I don't even believe that, but it's been activated (laughs) because that's kind of what me and Rhonda were doing over the weekend. Oh, okay. It's like she'd ask me questions and I'd go, whoa, there's a stupid belief. Yeah, I know exactly when that one popped in. Um, Let's see if I can wind this one up. So there was something that um, she asked me some questions. She said, so when was the first time this happened? And boom, my mom popped up. And she said, can you think of something? And went, boom, and a memory showed up. And this was really fascinating. I have looked at all sorts of things from my childhood before, but this one, and it wasn't a big thing, but it had to do with I was holding people very accountable to their word. And when they broke their word with me, I felt like my trust with them was severed. And it was a very severe thing, like and she said, Okay, so is integrity a part of this? I said, Oh yeah. I I I look at a person's character in terms of their integrity, and I have an expectation that when they say they're gonna do X, Y, Z by such and such date, I expect that to be done by such and such date. Now they can renegotiate and say, Hey, I'm running late, this is happening, you know, can I change the deadline? And I'm totally flexible and adaptive. But if if somebody doesn't tell me that they're blowing off the date because they have their own agenda and don't tell me, that's a problem for me. And so she and I were looking at that. And one of the things that came up was I have this very absolute rigid rule in my life, which I just explained to you. So I said, it really is not working for me because my own personal rigidity in this really makes me unhappy.
0: It's a good discovery. You know.
1: Yeah. I mean, stuff happens. And just because, you know, it's kind of like I expect everybody to play by my sense of integrity, my sense of my word is my bond, you know, but the rest of the world doesn't all do that. And so I said, that's something I'd like to change. I'd like to have more flexibility. So one of the words that popped up was absolute. And I said, yeah, it's an absolute rule. Like, it has to happen this way every time for me to be happy. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, that does sound where I stiff. found, pardon me?
0: It does sound a little bit stiff.
1: Well, yeah, well, and, you know, it's not that I would have just gone looking for it, but something occurred in my life where somebody didn't communicate to me in a way that I felt was acceptable because it was, like, after the fact, and they just blew past something, and I didn't like it. So, that's why I said, this didn't feel good. I want to go kind of digging around for, you know, what's, what's activating this that would cause me to feel this way. And so I landed on a story. Well, a memory of, I was probably in junior high and my mom had given me this long list of chores to do because we had a big family gathering coming over that weekend. And I told her, sure, I'll do it. And it was like, that was something part of what I do for my allowance. And she was getting close to going to bed, and she was really uncomfortable with the fact that I hadn't started the chore list yet. And I kept saying, don't worry, Mom, I'll do it. And she wanted me to stop playing or doing whatever I was doing and get to the chore list because it was making her feel uncomfortable. And I said, Mom, I promise by the time you wake up tomorrow morning, this chore list will be done. And that was hard for her to imagine because she's a go-to-bed early kind of person. So for Uh, her, it was like 7 o'clock at night. She was ready to kind of lay down and start falling asleep. Me, even as a kid, I was always a late-night person. And she said, I can't believe that you're going to get this all done because it's a huge list. And I said, trust me, I'll do it. I said, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) And so I know my mom wakes up about 5 in the morning. And I finished the tour list at about four o'clock in the morning. And I went to bed. So when she woke up the next morning, I knew she would go and inspect everything that she had asked me to do. And it was all done to perfection. And then when I finally woke up and she met me to thank me for doing all this work, she said, I feel like I had little fairies just That must've been working during the night because (laughs) you got it done and you got it done to perfection. And it just seemed not even doable to me. She said, first of all, the list seemed not doable with the time you had left to get it done. And the fact that I went to sleep and the next time I woke up, it was completed, just felt unreal to me. And she was so excited. I mean, this was such a big deal to her that if you talk to her about it today, she would still say, oh, my God, I totally remember that. Wendy is amazing. I don't know how she does this, but it's like I have little fairies cleaning the house while I sleep. So needless to say, this was a big, impactful moment or event. It was something that really said said what my mother was saying to me was, Wendy, I trust you. Finally, because she had done this for years where she didn't believe I was going to get something done, but I'd always do it when she was asleep. This made such an impact that she gave me her undivided attention and trust, and she never mistrusted me again. Wow. To this day, she's never mistrusted me. When I say I'm going to do it, she believes it. And so as I was sharing this with Rhonda, what we both recognize, because as I was saying, I'm like, whoa, there's a lot of energy on this story. Yeah. There's a lot of impact. And I put a lot of meaning on when I gave my word, it was as good as done. And that is something I have lived by. That has been so impactful that I, like truly, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I do. And if for some reason something's going to change, I communicate and renegotiate. But I don't leave things hanging. That's just not me. And so, I had something in my life recently where somebody was kind of leaving me hanging and they weren't communicating in a way that felt appropriate to me. And so, what was interesting is we looked at this situation from my childhood with my mom, and I said, Well, there was a part of it that was really valuable to me. It has become because I have become a person of my word. Okay, that's the good part. The part that wasn't the good part is I made it a generalized rule that I also had the expectation that I expect the whole world to live by that same idea that when you give your word, it's as good as a signed contract. And I realized that that was where I was being very rigid.
0: Yeah, well, I can see
2: that.
1: You know, so that's the kind of scenario where... Granted, I was a like because I trust my inner being and I trust that when a memory pops up out of the blue, it's because that memory is connected to whatever I'm dealing with. That to me is a, a place where I I couldn't have done that level of excavation work years ago. But what I could do is just come up with a few thoughts here or there. You know, and so like in this situation, I could have maybe I might have been able to say, well, I know I have a pretty hard and fast rule about commitments, and I know that I believe that somebody's word is as good as a written signature. And when somebody doesn't comply or isn't um, doesn't follow through on their word, I get upset. So maybe I have some kind some hard and fast rule in my life, and I don't know where it came from. That might be as much as I could dig up, and I could still um, change the energy if I realize yeah, I think I do have that hard and fast rule. In other words, I didn't have to have that memory to shift it. I could have just had, well, here's an idea, here's an idea. And so I I don't know if you can tie this together, but that to me is why I like to get curious about all sorts of things that go on in in our experience and try to look at what kinds of thoughts could possibly anchor a belief in place. It you know, and if it's not working for us, that's the kind of thing we want to go after and go, hmm, I wonder what that's about.
0: Well to be honest, I'm not sure if I can actually tie it together, but by the same token, I'm not really sure it's mine to tie together. It's your story, it's your thing. So okay. it, it would almost be <laughs> presumptuous for me to do that. <laughs> but the main thing is you found well, you found a, a method that works for you to basically uh do some slicing and dicing to get at What you really need to get at and and it it produced fabulous results for you so you know good on you well
2: thanks yeah
0: really good
1: i'll let that one go now okay (laughs) i think i said about all i want to say on the idea of, of of suggesting that people just get really curious about how and why um certain results show up in your life your spouse's life your friend's life your co-workers life the people that you hear about on the news's life You know, it's like, I wonder how that happens. Because nothing happens in a vacuum. Law of attraction is always responding to something.
0: Of course, before you can even get to the point where you're exploring that, you have to know what you want. And that's where we're at in the book. So we should probably go back to the main the, the, the basic you know starting point. What is it that we want? <laughs> because until you know that, you can't even begin to explore this stuff. Um, okay. So we're looking in The Law of Attraction, The Basics of the Teachings of Abraham by Esther and Jerry Hicks. We are in part five, which is entitled Segment Intending. And the subtopic is, what is it that I now want? And it says, the reason that Segment Intending is so effective is because there are so many subjects you could consider but when you try to do so all at the same time, you become overwhelmed and confused. The value of intending segment by segment is that as you focus more precisely on the fewer details of this moment, you allow the law of attraction to more powerfully respond, and you are less likely to confuse the issue further with your contradictory thoughts of doubt, worry, or an awareness of lack. And I, I mentioned before uh, we started the podcast, I like that phrase, the value of intending segment by segment is that as you focus more precisely on the fewer details of this moment, the fewer details of what this is moment.
1: That, what does that mean, the fewer details of this moment?
0: I think what it means, this is what, the way it resonated with me, is when I focus on just this segment, there just aren't as many things to distract my attention because I, I just have the one thing to focus on, what I'm planning to do next. And so, presuming that I have at least some modicum of control over my own mind, I don't have to be thinking about, you know, what happened yesterday or what I'm going to have for dinner or, you know, what's going to happen next week or, or what's going on with this issue or what's going on with that issue. All I have to focus on is this one thing. And so, you end up with fewer details overall to de- to to deal with. That's the way I interpret it. I don't know. Maybe okay. it means something different I, to you. I
1: like that. that. That makes sense.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's why I liked it because that's, that's the thing that always struck me as the most difficult thing with law of attraction, which is trying to focus specifically and not be distracted and not, well, I don't know how else to say it, not be distracted. There's so many different ways we get distracted in life as we're trying to learn how to focus. So a segment as a way to f- focus, that starts to make more sense to me because they're just your things to distract me.
1: And so as we're talking about a segment a segment, uh, how would you define a segment?
0: It's the next piece of the day. It's the next thing you're going to do, the next event, the next activity, the next uh, task, um, the next thing you're going to be engaged in in your life. That, to me, is a segment.
1: So, like, after the podcast is over, like, what would your next segment be?
0: Edit and publish it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, to take okay. that example, I would I would take what we've... Um, what we've recorded, because, I mean, there is a live recording going on, but I also need to um, do a little bit of editing because the final result has to be exactly one hour so we can also play it on the PRN network. And so I have to go through and I, I clean out by taking some extra spaces out and so forth and it just tightens it up a little bit. And once I get it down to one hour, then I send it to PRN and I also publish it on the website because all the podcasts end up on the website. And I can't say I have to do a whole lot of segment intending for that because it's usually pretty easy and in terms of how I feel about it going in. But, you know, on, on those rare occasions where I kind of need to give myself a boost, I'll just focus on, hey, this is going to be a great show by the time we're done. It was a great show already, but it's going to be even better because it's going to be nice and tight. And I just focus on that for a moment and then go do it.
1: Okay, so one segment would be publishing today's podcast.
2: Yeah, which then is probably... The
1: next segment may be... Um, Talking or look, looking over the books, things that you didn't finish before the podcast.
2: Mm-hmm, yep.
1: The next second could be um, having dinner with yep. your wife.
0: And it's important I, to I, notice I just that you're trying you, to lay it out yeah. you know
1: as to like what is a segment. No, that's
0: a good point, yeah. And 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 the thing that I find to be really important to understand about a segment is that segments are not of a particular length. I mean, usually the time that I spend to edit the podcast is ten to fifteen minutes but the amount of time that I might spend on bringing the books up today that could be an hour or two or a segment could even be like, you know, half of a day depending on what it is I'm doing. So, I mean they they can vary in length.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, didn't mean to take a long break on there. Just That's you know, right. I just wanted to set the frame. Okay.
0: So, moving on. on, it says, for example, when your telephone rings, you might pick it up and say, "Good morning." And when you hear who it is, you say, Hello there. Hold just a second, please. Did we just read this last time? Maybe we did. We did I'm not read sure. We the other day. All right. Well, that's okay. It's still good.
1: It's okay. Read it again. It's all good, and we always learn something new.
0: We do. Yep. So you say, hello there. Hold on just a second, please. And then you say to yourself, what is it that I most want to achieve in this conversation? I want to uplift the other person. I want to be understood. I want the other person to understand me. And I want the other to be positively influenced in the direction of my desire. I want the other to be stimulated and excited by my words. Indeed, I want this to be a successful conversation. And then, when you come back on the line, you have pre-paved, and now that one, now that other one will respond to you much more in accordance with your desire than if you had not taken that time. So, in other words, it's a way to influence the other person at the other end of the line. Interesting. When another, well, I had a,
1: oh. I was going to say, cause are we about to end the telephone part?
0: No, we got another three or four paragraphs, but go ahead.
1: Okay. Well, I was going to say I had an interesting example of that today. Um, I had somebody call, and I thought it was going to be a phone solicitor, and in a way it was. It was somebody from our local high school athletic department, and I guess they were wanting to sell ads, and they were calling local businesses to see if we wanted to like put an ad in their local paper or whatever, they, their program, I guess. Right. And um I said to him, I said, oh, well, you know what? I don't know that your program is really the best place for my marketing mm-hmm. because I market to people that are uh, more high end um, and more specialized. And so he said, well, like, what do you mean? And just for grins, what came <laughs> out of my mouth is I said, I look, I have programs, you know, that are at like $20,000 and I don't know that your band boosters is the right place for that. <laughs> and there was this long pause. And he went, wow. Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) And then he started naming some cities in our, in the Dallas area that are quite affluent. He said, Mm -hmm. so you probably market to this place and this place. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of laughed. I said, they, that would be more appropriate. But I said, I pretty much like to market to the United States and Canada, the English speaking areas in our, in our, you know, vicinity. And he went, wow good for you. (laughs) And there was like this long, but like he didn't know what to do with what I said. And I really felt like somehow we had made this really lovely connection just in these few moments, you know? And I said, well, I really do hope that as you make, you know, more calls today that you're able to connect with business owners where what you're selling is a, is a great venue for them. And he said, thanks. Have a great day.
2: (laughs) And I said, you too.
1: And we hung up. Well, the reason I bring this up is because that was the result of our call, but I have segment intended multiple times when it comes to people on the phone. I've done it mostly with vendors that I've had to call because I needed something from them because the bill was wrong or something like that. And I, you know, I know I had a show where I told you this long escapade of, you know, how many months in a row I had to call this one vendor because things were wrong. Oh, I remember that, yeah. (laughs) The undoing of me because every single month I had this expectation that the bill would be wrong and it was, and it would be like two hours on the phone with multiple people and no one could fix it and went on for 18 months. But over time, <clears throat> the amount of time I was on the phone was less and less because, okay, I was hard headed. It maybe took me six months of going through this before I went, hey, I'm creating this.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: What in me is creating this? Mm. What am I vibrating to? What are my thoughts? And I started examining my thoughts. And oh, my God, they were horrendous. They were horrible. They were like, (laughs) nobody ever gets anything right. These people are all stupid. And, you know, my dad had like, this is a bill that I was handling for my mother. Because when my father passed away, I took over handling her bills. And I looked at his notes and I realized, oh, my gosh, my father's been dealing with this month after month. This has been going on forever. (laughs) So I started doing some segment intending now i didn't call it segment intending but this is what i did when i knew i needed to call this vendor i would say something like okay as i call this person my intention is to stay calm my intention is to breathe i want this to go smoothly i'd like to make positive progress i want to remember that the person on the other end of the phone Is doing their job and they're not out to get me and make me angry. (laughs) Because if I choose to be angry, that's my choice. It's about my response. And I really want to have a much more positive response. Now, I don't think I said all of that the first time that things got better. But each time, every month that I made the call, I did take time before I got onto the call to set a new intention, to set a new desire. And I remember when I got to the point that I really realized that they were doing the best that they could and they just didn't have a system that was cooperating for them. Well, that made me much friendlier, you know, and I Mm -hmm. said, and I remember thinking to myself for however long this is going to go on, I just want this to be a pleasant experience. So when I get off the phone with them for whatever length of time I'm talking to them, when I'm done, I can be done. And I can exit with a smile on my face. Very well, good. that started to happen. And then it actually started to become fun when the bill was still wrong. Because I'm like, I wonder what else I could create. Because each <laughs> month it getting better and better.
0: Well, that, that's an interesting way to look at a bill that's still wrong, I have to say. I'm very positive, very, very <laughs> forward thinking, but quite interesting.
1: Well, when it finally got resolved... Walt, I almost didn't know what to do with myself. I'm sure.
0: You you had like like, two extra hours a day to deal with.
1: (laughs) I know. I'm like, I guess I just delete the email that shows that the bill was correct. I'm like, (laughs) wow, it's so anticlimactic. But kind of, I didn't do it purposefully like, oh, now that I'm done with that, now I'm going to do it on this other stuff. But, you know, we all have had experiences with phone solicitation. And because I work from my home, it's really disruptive while I'm working when I have somebody who's got this really strong energy that they're trying to sell me something. And um, so then I started to turn it into, you know what? I don't like it when because I I had a recognition that I didn't like how I felt after a solicitor called because I always felt that their intrusion in my day. Notice the words I'm using. Mm-hmm. Their intrusion in my day. Mm-hmm created such a level of disruption that the real disruption was the fact that I felt I had to fight them off. Oh, yeah. The word fight. Yep. And I engaged them in short little quips, trying to get the best of them to try to get them to hang up first.
0: In other words, it was a and struggle. if
1: not, I'd hang up with them. Yeah. And it was a struggle. And I went, I don't like how this feels. Because when I'd hang up, I'd think to myself, well, if anybody here knows that I'm a life coach, would they consider hiring me
2: <laughs> after they heard this?
1: And I'm like, I wouldn't hire me. I was quite rude, <laughs> and I got into such a negative place. My responsiveness was horrible. So again, back to the idea of in seg- of segment intending. I set a new frame. I a new intention, which was that I really desired to find a way to interact with the person and be, and be friendly. And at first I would just kind of like make light of what they were doing or not make light, um, try to just ask questions, something that would stump them. But even when I was doing that, I'm like, well, that doesn't feel good to me either because I feel like I'm just play, like I'm a cat and they're a mouse and I'm just batting them around. And I'm like, I'd really prefer that it it's more of a win-win. Even if I don't want the, what they are, are offering, I would like it the fact that they called me, I would like them to feel happier having made the call to me even without getting the sale. So that was a new intention. And today's experience really was that because I I felt the moment that he locked on with me, like, wow, she's a really positive woman and I like the way she's talking. And I knew, I really liked him too. And it's like we both wished each other well, and I was able to say no thank you in a way that I felt like I gave him a gift of of, of a happy feeling in that moment. So basically, one-
0: you, you both got something good out of it, which kind of ties into the next part of what they were saying here in the book. They said, when another person has initiated the telephone call, they know what they want, and so you must take a moment to identify what you want. Otherwise, by the power of their influence, they may achieve what they want, but you may not. And that's essentially what you did. You decided, well, I want to achieve what I want. And you did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was a, yeah. it was better for both of you as a result.
1: And so even though he didn't make a sale, he did make a happiness sale.
0: <laughs> Which is, I mean, if for anyone who uh, has ever worked with anyone who does uh, telephone sales, I mean, I've never actually done telephone sales directly, but I have worked with them. And that's really important. That's how, That's how they continue to fuel themselves to keep going, by having phone calls that feel good it doesn't matter whether it actually leads to the sale the the good telemarketers they know that they they just let the numbers work out the way that they do because numbers always work out with that kind of thing they just want to get through the phone calls and feel good wherever they can and so you basically helped him get through that phone call and feel good that was a victory for him
1: yeah i had someone last week who said that was the kindest hello i've ever heard (laughs) And he just couldn't get over how I said hello. This is Wendy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He's like, "Wow," which told me he felt the energy behind my hello. And it's kind of like you know, in Jerry Maguire, would I say you had me at hello. Yeah. I had him at a hello. Yeah, even though I said no, thank you to what he offered. <laughs> right. And that was that. Really, has been my intention there's no way I'm going to want every single item and buy every single thing that a solicitor calls me about. And I, I'm not going to stop them even from calling me, but I want to be able to still have a cheery disposition when it's done. And I would like to pass that on to them as well. And that is a segment intending. And because I've done that so many times, I don't have to set that like, you know, in in what we just read or what you just read, you know, Abraham was suggesting that you put them on hold while you set your your intention, your, set your segment for what you now desire. I've actually done that. And while this guy had called me today, while he was like ramping up his 20 seconds of script, I immediately went inside instead of putting on hold. I did it in the moment. And I said, what do I want from this? And it's like, I want to feel good when it's done. However that's achieved, I want to feel good.
0: It's a good goal. Yeah. Yeah. It's one we should probably do more often, actually. All of us, no matter what it is that we're dealing with, whether it's a caller or anything else, because just the feeling good part is probably the most important part of all.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So continuing, I mean, we got three, three paragraphs left in this section. Let's finish them up. It says, if you want many things all at the same time, it adds confusion, tying back to what we talked about earlier. But when you focus upon the most important specifics of what you want in any particular moment... You bring about clarity, power, and speed, and that is the point of the segment intending process, to stop as you're entering a new segment and to identify what it is you most want so that you may give it your attention and therefore draw power unto it. Now, Some of you are focused during some segments of your day's experience, but there are very few of you who are focused during very much of your day. And so for most of you, an identification of segments and an intent to identify what is most important within those segments will put you in the position of being a deliberate magnetic attractor or creator in each of your segments throughout your day. And not only will you find, well, you now find that you are more productive, but you will find that you are happier right out of your story. For as you are deliberately intending and then allowing and receiving, you will find great contentment. Finally, you are growth-seeking beings. And as you are moving forward, you are at your happiest. While when you have that feeling of of stagnation, you are, well, not at your happiest. You found a way to be at your happiest in a telephone call. A solicitation call, actually.
1: <laughs> well, and I, and honestly, when when you feel good and you know you've, you've helped someone else feel good, at least for me, that feeling lingers. Oh, yeah. It, it's not like the telephone call, I hang up and it's gone. It's like that feeling lingers. And likewise, what used to happen for me is because I would feel bad, that negative feeling lingered. And this is, okay, this is why contrast is such a beautiful, productive, expansive event in our lives. Because after having so many uncomfortable, unhappy, unfeeling good moments with phone calls to vendors and solicitors, each time I was not enjoying myself, I was shooting off a rocket of desire, which is a phrase Abraham uses. I was shooting off a rocket of desire into the universe saying, what I really prefer is to feel good. It just took me a long time, and that was my own choosing and my own doing, to finally recognize I don't like the way I feel and I want to feel different.
2: Change your so alignment. If I,
1: want to feel, you know, if I want to feel different, how can I do that? And just getting clarity around, well, look, I, I don't know the how, but I know I want to feel happy when I get off the phone. I don't want to feel like that person and I just beat each other up in a bloody verbal brawl. I want to feel like we were showing kindness to one another. and so those unpleasant experiences is actually what gave birth to the idea of me wanting to feel really good and have a win-win scenario. And so, I don't know, maybe people who don't naturally get as volatile as I did, maybe solicitors are no big deal for them. Or maybe they just handled them better than I did, but I did not handle them well.
0: Well, yeah, certainly, differently, like perhaps. I mean, I, when I get a telephone solicitor, my first reaction is next. <laughs> like, I just don't even give them the time of day. You give them not only the time of day, but you give them friendly greetings, and and you try to intend this really happy experience. And even if they don't make a sale, you feel like you did some good because you helped them feel good. And my approach is completely different. I'm not that there's anything wrong with yours. Yours is a perfectly valid approach, but just mine is nope, no thank you, next, goodbye. <laughs>
1: Oh, so in other words, you don't give them the time to really get into their script. You've already hung up and you've already moved on. Yeah,
0: it's like, I i, I mean, there are rare occasions where I am willing to talk to somebody just to see what they have to say. Most often when, when I get a phone call like that, it's at a time when I'm on, on something else. I'm doing something, usually something work-related, and I just don't have time for it. So I know most of them I'm not really going to be interested in anyway. So I'm not really worried about, geez, am I going to miss something? Is it going to be something really good? And it's like, no, it, that's not but part like, of my thought process you, at when all. When
1: you hang up, do you feel okay?
0: Yeah, I feel, I feel fine. I say thanks for no thanks and it, I just go.
1: And that was, that kind of non-attachment to hanging up on them was not my natural response.
0: Yeah, well, obviously it has to be a, Something that works for you. That phrasing works for me because I just don't attach to it in any way. But you're right. If, if you do attach to it, you need a different way of doing it.
1: Well, and that, and that kind of speaks to you and I are different people. We think differently. We really? Have
2: all sorts of different, <laughs> we have all
1: sorts of different filters. And that's why, for me, I couldn't just have somebody call me up saying, hey, we're going to be doing window washing in your neighborhood and go, no, thank you, and hang up. For whatever reason, that just doesn't make, that's not okay to me.
2: Which makes your approach perfect.
0: Because your approach works for you. I'm not saying what you're doing
1: is not okay. It's just, even doing that made me feel bad. Yeah.
0: Well, you certainly (laughs) don't want that. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I I, I actually do know some of the reasons why from my personal history as to why that doesn't work for me. But I'm grateful for the fact that it didn't feel good. Because that's what gave birth to creating something that now it's actually kind of fun. Um, it's, like, it's, a, it's a little bit of a game. you know. How can I positively influence another person that I don't know at all based on the few words that they're about to say to me?
0: And I'm, so even, I'm even more abrupt with um, solicitation emails, often called spam. Most of the time, I just let my spam filter just throw them in the spam folder. And every once in a while, one gets through, and you know I'll briefly check it. Oh, spam! Throw it in the spam folder. But every rare once in a while, something will come over me. Like I'll I'm having a good day or a bad day or an in between day or something that's shifted me in some way, and I decide to look at it. I don't know why, but I do. And it happened today, and it was on a topic. As soon as I said, you'll you'll kind of raise your eyebrows because you know how I really don't like the topic at all. It was on the topic of SEO. I knew it. (laughs) Now, I I have absolutely no need for SEO right now. In fact, I don't really, in my view, have ever any need of SEO. But nevertheless, there was the email. And there was something about the way he constructed it, I guess, that kind of caught my attention. Like, well, that that was clever. I wonder where he's going to go with it. And so I investigated for about three minutes. That's about all I needed in order to figure out where he was going because I know the subject so well. Uh, Now, this was something where he was trying to get me to listen to a 55-minute free video presentation. And I knew that wasn't going to happen, but I also figured, well, I'm pretty good at picking up the cues, so I'll spend like a minute or two and see what's really going on here. Interestingly enough, he sent me to what they call a a, a splash page page where there's just the one thing you're going to pay attention to, and that's that video, and there was a comment section. One person had left a comment that said, well, I've been listening for 22 minutes, and I still don't know this thing that you're going to tell me about. (laughs) So I figured, well, that wasn't a particularly good uh, sign right there. But uh, anyway, I listened for about a minute, and I realized what it was he was selling, and what he was selling was even worse than I thought it was. (laughs) And so I just threw it away. But, I mean, that that's a rare situation for me. Normally, I don't even give them that much time of day. So, I I don't know. I think what it really means is we have to be flexible to how we're feeling. At that particular point in time during today, I was feeling, you know, let's just take a break and look look at some spam for a minute.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and maybe that's all it was, is it caught your curiosity. And it was just kind of like a, hey, you know, I have a moment. Like other people might spend tons of time just flipping through their timelines on Facebook. And you did that.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I'm that not sure that I gained anything out of it, but at least I didn't get angry. That was good.
2: That was definitely good.
0: That was very good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. always a goal for me. <laughs> we have about uh, four and a half, five minutes left, something like that. And be, and I want to make sure I get this in because I often forget to do this during the afternoon podcast. But if you're enjoying these these uh, episodes, and, and a lot of people do... I really want to urge you, if you are not yet a subscriber, to take a moment and subscribe to the podcast. It's really quick and easy to do. You go to the homepage at loatoday.net. All the instructions are right there. It literally takes about a minute. If you have an Android phone and you don't have uh, some sort of podcast software, then it may take two because you have to download an app from the Play Store. But beyond that, I mean, it's really simple to do. And then what you do, you've got this whole stream of episodes that keep coming at your phone every single day for you to listen to. And our listeners love it. They prove it by listening to huge numbers of episodes every month. And they they listen to the whole thing, Wendy. That's what gets me. I mean, the numbers show they're listening from beginning to end. So it's not like we're having people, for the most part, dropping off after the first 20 minutes. Most often, they're listening to the whole show. And I'm thinking, wow, this is great. So, yeah, I I just want to urge people, if you're not yet a subscriber, just take a moment to subscribe. You're going to find that the Daily Dose of Happy, which does come twice daily, by the way is really worth your time it's unlike any other entertainment you have because our entertainment is positive positive. and with that thought in mind i don't think we should really get on to the next section of the book because the next section is a That's little bit long i'm not sure where to go with that one we got a few minutes left um i don't know what to talk about for a few minutes well
1: we- I'll, I'll tell you uh, some follow-up from our friday show oh when you talked about um how you would have the situation in the morning where you were cooking yourself breakfast? Oh and you yeah. Decided to have a positive visualization, right. And then within no time at all, uh, one of your the people you work with called and said, "Hey, it's done."
2: Blowing it me had away. Been an issue.
1: <laughs> yeah, it it had been an issue or something where they had not been delaying and they weren't getting. Oh yeah,
0: it had gone on for like a week or so.
1: Yeah, and so what I found really fascinating is I kind of interviewed you and asked you a whole bunch of questions because mm-hmm. I wanted to dial in and find out what specific components were a part of that creation. And basically what I surmised was you didn't drag any of the negative thinking that you had had previous on that subject right. into your visualization. Well,
2: that,
1: that got me really curious. I mean I spent the whole week the whole weekend thinking on that. Really? Wow. Like, wow. I think I think this is like the answer to one of my giant questions.
0: No kidding.
2: Which is
1: yeah, about how to create quickly. And oh. I have and here's one of the beliefs that I had that I didn't know I had until I started investigating. And it was that if you have negative beliefs on the trail, they have to be cleared before the manifestation will show up and your situation proved that wrong
0: oh because I, I had well, woken up and i didn't have any of the pre-existing stuff hanging over me i'd kind of forgotten about it
1: you just didn't carry it into your visualization of that moment yeah and so what oh. i'm now labeling that is you had a moment of pure positive energy focused upon that which you desired
2: yeah
0: it was very clear very very so, high level of clarity
1: I'm now concluding until it's proven wrong. This is how I do my scientific
2: methods. Okay. That works. <laughs> I'm
1: now concluding that if you have a pure positive thought or focus on anything, you should have really fast manifestation. Yeah. Because that's what Abraham has been saying for years that I don't think I quite caught.
0: Well, that's kind of what they were you know, saying in the section we just read. I mean, the, that that one uh, sentence that I pulled out, the value of intending segment by segment is that as you focus more precisely on the fewer details of this moment, you allow the law of attraction to more powerfully respond. The fewer details of this moment. Know. There were very few details in that moment. Yeah,
1: and and if you look on the next page, Walt, at the top, it talked about how when you do this, it says you bring about clarity, power, and Speed. Yes, that's and right. I was looking at the word speed going, oh my God, that was what threw me is. away about your experience. Yeah. You had such incredible speed. Mm-hmm. I was really blown away. And so, what it has caused me to do is to really think about how I have spent so much of my even deliberateness in wanting to create, trying to figure out how to, you know, assert as much positive focus as I can all the while waiting for basically the shoe to drop to show me, oh, there's this resistance on the trail. (laughs) And yeah, I take care of it, clean it up and keep moving. But I don't think I realized the simplicity of pure positive focus. And so we'll leave that there for the end of the show. But I I think I'd like to talk more about what what is it like to just have pure positive
0: focus. Well, there you go, folks. Now you have a reason to come back. We hope that you tune in next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Bye-bye for now.